You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on right now. You throw down $1 on any NFL game if you're a new customer. And guess what? You get $150 or excuse me, $100 in free plays. That simple. It's that easy. All right. Brad Alice will be joining us here in just a moment, but figured I'd get a go ahead and get us started here. Arizona wins 84 to 60. And, you know, this was a game, especially early on. That, you know, for longtime U of A fans, you always you always remember kind of that proverbial trap game that Lute Olson would talk about somewhere kind of in between the yes, or excuse me, the, the winter break. And then right after that, um, Arizona would always drop a game that it shouldn't. Now, granted, Cal Baptist was never going to beat Arizona, but this was still a game, though, that Arizona didn't look great early on. And I think a big part of that was, first of all, that Cal Baptist uh, was scoring the ball and Arizona wasn't defending. They looked uh, they looked a little disinterested. But then the big men start arriving. And I think that's pretty much the uh, tale of this entire season for Arizona. And that when you've got the bigs up front that Arizona has from Christian Coloco, who we've talked about in great detail, to Umar Balo, who we're about to talk talk about in great detail and Azulis Tabellis. This is a team that is bigger than almost any team in the country. And Sean Seeley, we'll get to your guys. We already got 20 comments in here. You guys are the best. Sean Seeley says, I would argue that Ballo was the MVP of that game. And yes, that is, um, I can't, uh, I can't say that in strong enough terms. The big man had double, double five blocks and, Here's what he also is providing you. He's providing you a little bit of a sense for next season in that, you know, nobody wants to lose Christian Coloco, that's for sure. But the center position is in decent hands with the big man right there because, and I'm surprised by it. I didn't necessarily see this one coming. I thought that he would be more of an Ira Lee, uh, a Eugene Edgerson type, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. But a guy that basically was a hustle guy who, you know, I mean, could put up some points, but he wasn't necessarily uh, a difference maker. And as Sean just pointed out, and Nick Howard says this was a block party, that's exactly what this was. I mean, <laughs> you, you when you got 10 blocks at the half 
and uh, Christian Coloco isn't the one that's raising the most eyebrows, that's always going to be something that's a little exciting there, especially if you're a, especially if you're a U of A fan and you're always looking to the future as we are. But again, Arizona Brawls, 84 to 60. This was a game that, and again, Nick Howard, my guy, uh, thought a 40-point victory. I kind of agreed with him. We were both a little off there, but at the end of the day, Arizona gets to 11-0. and And that's the point that I think that we need to really hit on here. And again, William Brad Alice will be joining us in just a minute. But Scott Schlittenhardt, I think, puts it put it well right here when he said, just keep stacking them dubs. And it's to me, it's really that simple. When you get a, you know, when you get a team now that is ranked in the top 10, and how many times do you see teams that are falling by the wayside during the regular season, losing weird games, games that they shouldn't necessarily lose? And you're thinking to yourself, how is this happening exactly? And Arizona hasn't fallen into that trap. Arizona has beat the teams that they should. And not only have they beat the teams they should, they beat the teams handily that they should. And I think that's what's exciting about this. And again, you look at a team like a Cal Baptist, they're obviously an overmatched foe. I wouldn't even, uh, I don't think anybody would argue that. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is a this is a win that you'll take, especially too when you've got Tennessee coming up right now. And so again, Brad will be joining us here in just a second. By the way, I want to get to some foot. We're going to get talk to a lot of football in this post game. And uh, hold on just a sec. We're going to get to a lot of football here in just a minute because there was a very momentous day right here in that a, a massive recruit, the biggest recruit in school history has signed. And um, I would uh, I would certainly I would certainly venture a guess that this is something that Brad will have some thoughts on. But let's get back to your questions first. Now, uh, Sean Seeley says, Mike, I would also say Kyer coming off the bench in the first half got the game going. Thoughts? I totally agree with that. I'm a big I'm a big fan of what this uh, what this team or what Justin Kyer can do. He's not going to play in the NBA, but to me, he's clearly the best perimeter option right there. He's a player who, first of all, he's smooth. He can get in there. He can get in and out of where he needs to get, and he can make plays happen. He's a unique player in that regard. And he seems more than cool join or on the uh, coming off the bench. Guess who we're joined by now? The great one, William Brad Alice. Hello, William. Hello, Michael. How you doing, my man? Where are you? You got a bunk bed behind you? I do. I have the only quiet place in my house right now is my kids' room, and uh, well, that's yeah. father life right there. Exactly. Okay. All right. What you before? We're going to talk a lot of football recruiting because, especially uh, to have you in here, a source of wisdom about past classes, it's going to be great. But just initial thoughts on this game against uh, Cal Baptist. What uh, I, I always I talked a little bit before about how Arizona always seemed to slip up in the years, kind of in this game in this kind of time period. Cal Baptist certainly didn't have the uh, the horses to make that one happen. Yeah, they weren't playing Syracuse or Providence or, or, or a road game. Uh, but we saw the slow start. We saw Arizona overcome the slow start and then really dominate um, from about the last 30 minutes or so. Cal Baptist, not a terrible team, but not a great team. I mean, it's the, uh, you know, their the, the whack is not what it was 10 years ago. Other than New Mexico State, it's a pretty you know mediocre league. Uh, but this is a team that was 8-2. and two. They beat Northern Colorado, who... 
uh, gave Arizona a game for five minutes. Um, right. You know, this is not a tournament quality team, but this is certainly a team that, again, better than some other ones we saw on, on the schedule. So Arizona went in, kind of handled their business, very workmanlike. But with their ability to pour it on kind of quickly uh, is what separated this game from maybe a game where eight minutes left and it's only eight to ten points and you're sweating a little bit. They didn't have to sweat this one out, but they were, you know, those block shots, those momentum changes, the ability to score in bunches really made this more comfortable than maybe it could have been if, if Arizona was playing a different style. Brad, one of the surprises for me this season, and I think it's incredibly exciting going forward, is Umar Ballo, the big man from Gonzaga. I thought, and um, I I put this out there before you uh, before you hopped on, that I was expecting to be honest with you, and not that there's anything wrong with this, but I was expecting a Gene Edgerson, a uh, an Ira Lee type, where you're kind of a big body, you're a bigger body than them, but not a lot of skills. You're just kind of taking up space. He's got skills. He can block shots. This is a guy that if he goes into next season as the starter, you don't feel like you're at a total disadvantage. He's been about as good as you could hope. Mm -hmm. um, I expect, I honestly, I was thinking a slightly maybe better version of Angelo Chol right. or a slightly bigger version of Mohamed Tangera pre-back injury. Right. And, right. and what we've seen is we've seen a guy who's still really raw, who still has never quite lived up to the billing but much like the recruiting rankings are kind of supposed to be, um, he was a you know a four star, five star guy based right. upon long term mm -hmm. potential, mm -hmm. not year one. And you know people forget you know one reason Zeus was a five star guy was because of long term potential. Now he was the same guy day one that he was day five or whatever year five, right. yeah. but he was a solid four year contributor. Right. Um, I think if we were giving him a grant, I think we'd say he's like a 3.7 star guy. But Ballo's ranking was really based upon what we hoped he could do, and he's starting to scratch that surface. And again, if Tommy Lloyd, uh, Steve Robinson, uh, Ricardo Foy are all as good a developers as their reputation, then you know Ballo could be a guy here, especially if Coloco or Tubelis leaves, which probably will happen with one or both of them, can step in and give Arizona 30 minutes of an inside presence moving forward. And before we're going to switch over to football here in a second, and there hasn't been many times during the basketball post game that we're going to do that, but uh, this is certainly one of them. I wanted to see, though, William, did you happen to see who was in the crowd? I saw that Khalid was there, and yep. I know someone else was there. I forgot already who they said it was. But, yeah, I saw some, some tweets out there about uh, two former players, like, and I just plum forgot. A Khalid looks exactly the same. He had oh, that guy's never ages. Yeah, but he also had that type of. Uh, he also had that type of look. He looked look thirty back. when he played, though. Yes, yes, correct. That is true. All right, here's the deal. Now we're gonna get. Let's get to some football here. Right, trying to get comfortable here in the kids' room. It looks <laughs> great. I like it. Here's the deal, though. DraftKings Sportsbook app code word PHNX. Throw down $1 on an NFL game for new customers only. And guess what? If either team scores, they will. You get $100 in free plays. It's that simple. And you know what? You could bet on Brad's defensive-minded Chiefs. You could bet on the over in Arizona's uh, basketball games. You can go a lot of different directions right there. And so check out DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX. Arizona only. 21 and up. 
Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for all the details. And again, if you got a gambling issue, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. They'll get you all taken care of. Whew. All right. Now, Brad, I'm very excited to have you on because this reason that Sean Seeley put out right here, I'm ready for all the recruiting takes. Let's go. Now, for if you've been, unless you've been living under a rock, Arizona football has brought in its best recruiting class in easy 15 years. And certainly the Mike Stoops class that I think, depending on where you look, was ranked around 19, something like that. And it's been highlighted by the announcement today that Totoro McMillan, T-Mac, by a lot of accounts, the best wide receiver in the country, has flipped his commitment from Oregon, has now signed with the University of Arizona. He has decided that he is going to back the A, and not only is he going to back the A, he's going to be back in the A for three years here. So, Brad, this is a class that's going to finish in the top 25. And first and foremost, what do you think about how impressive that is coming off a of 1-11 season? Yeah, it is really remarkable. To me, you know, if you look at it, yeah, they had a couple guys they lost that would have made it even better. Um, most notably, Zeke Barry, a four-star guy who ended up going to, I think, Michigan. Um, but their ability to close, close late. Now, when you're in Arizona, you have to get lucky in recruiting. And it, it was so happened that they were able to open the door at Servite because of, of, of Kean Barnett, Burnett, mm -hmm. who's Chester Burnett's uh, son. So that opened the door. And then they were able to pull Noah Fafita, who, if he was six foot one, would not probably be going to Arizona. But he's 5'10, maybe. Right. Um, so he is at Arizona. And then he started recruiting, and Burnett flipped, and eventually mm -hmm. T-Mac flipped. And they had Jacob Manu, who, uh, again, if he was 6'1", would probably be going to SC as well. And I like Manu's tape a lot for, right. for an undersized guy. Um, so you have to get a little bit lucky. You know, you have to get – if you look at some of Arizona's greatest players, you get lucky. You get lucky that Nick Foles happened to go to Michigan State when they had eight other NFL quarterbacks. You right. got lucky that uh, a 5'10 baseball player named Keith Smith uh, decided he couldn't cut it in the minor leagues. Down, you know, you're lucky that an in-state guy went to a school that won two football games and Trump candidate comes to Arizona because no one scouted him. Right. So you had to get lucky. You got lucky that Fafito, you got lucky of the coaching changes. At the same time, this staff can recruit because you know what? Yeah, Jonah Coleman's five foot eight, but he's a really good running back and he wants to play here. Uh, you look at uh, you know, Sterling Lane, there was no mm -hmm. luck involved. That was just really right. good recruiting. So, yeah, I'm very optimistic. And what I like about this is even though there are a few reaches at the bottom of the class, there's still mid-level three-star reaches. The kid from Hawaii is considered a reach in this class. Would have been a gem of some of someone's classes. Um, yeah, I know uh, G7, uh, was it Ajay right. Celestine? Right. Um, it, it, they flipped him from Western Carolina. But the kid had an FSU offer. The kid right. had a Boston College offer. So these are legit guys uh, that Arizona is filling out their class with. Now, is this one class by itself going to turn Arizona's program around? No. They need to hit the transfer portal, and they need to keep recruiting years from now. But this is really one that does set the tone for Arizona football for years to come. What's also exciting, too, about this is that, like you talked about, it wasn't – some of these were connections, obviously. And we had uh, Kean Burnett and Chester Burnett on the other day, and he talked about there was no way I was going to send my kid to play for 
the previous coaching staff. And, you know, Ch- you covered Chester up close. Chester's a man of few words. He's not exactly the guy. Oddly enough, Chester lived in my dorm when I was an RA and was exactly a man of, of few words. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Adia Barnes as well. So I'm taking all kinds of credit today. You should. You should take all the credit in the world for that one. So he – um, but he said – Quite frankly, there was no way that I was going to send my my son there. I was going to send him to a US, I was going to send him to USC, and you know for obvious reasons. And once Jed Fish took over, his priority was Noah Fafita as his quarterback, and then he started prioritizing all of the Servite kids right there. And he was able to land all of them. And that's not to me, and not that you were saying this, but that's not luck. That's looking at the landscape right there and saying, okay, how can I best get all of these kids right here? And tip of the cap to him, Brad, because he was able to do it. Oh, no, absolutely. And, you know, if you look at it, the other thing that he has done so well in this class is get into Phoenix schools Arizona struggled in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona has, I can't remember how many, you know, they. I don't ever remember a Hamilton kid signing. Right, never. Uh, not or a Chandler kids. kid? Not many Chandler kids, a couple, one, you know, um, you know what, the Brophy kid. Now, they didn't end up getting a Scottsdale Saguaro kid, so that still becomes kind of the the, the holy grail of Phoenix. Um, but they got four legit kids, all from good, really good programs. Um, now, next year, do I, I want to see them crack that top five of the state. They, they couldn't get any of the big names. Right. Um, but really, no one in the Pac-12 did, um, you know. And again, they were never going to recruit Marischal because of the issues with his brother, with the prior staff. But, you know, he went to West Virginia. One guy's going to uh, Oklahoma and Texas. Um, but that's next. I think if if you can continue to mine Southern California, I really like the fact that they've kind of made Orange County their, their hotbed there. Continue to dip into Northern California, where, again, Cal and Stanford can't recruit as easily as, say, USC and UCLA can in L.A., because of academics and things like that. But you if you can wall off Phoenix, if you can identify 10 kids in Phoenix you want and get five of them, right. I think that'll go a long way to building this program. It's a lot like what Stoops did. Stoops didn't get every kid in Phoenix. He got almost every kid in Tucson, but he got enough of them and was in on most of the other big-time kids. You know, I mean, he went down to the wire with like a guy like Everson Griffin, with a kid like Chris O'Dowd. Uh, they finished number two to USC for, for, for those type of guys. That's what you need to do in state, but keep it up. Be Why, selective in other regions. You, you just, you, you hit on something that I'm, uh, that I'm curious about. And this certainly isn't a condemnation of Jed fish because he's hit the ball out of the park. It's more of a, a question when Dick Tomey was here. And when you would have national recruits in state, he had a very he had a decent record of getting them, and you could look at it again. A guy like a Michael Bates was the number one running back in the country. Looking at it, he got him. You got a Bobby Wade. You got a Mike Bell. You got a um, uh, shoot. I'm drawing. A, I'm drawing a blank right here. Your Bobby guy, Wade. Mike, yeah, a Bobby Wade. Yes, exactly. Great house. Yes, exactly. I might have even committed to Larry Smith, but a Mike, uh, Ch- a Mike, Mike Chaska. Chaska. Yeah, who? And these were guys that if there was recruiting around today. They would be five-star guys right there. So what has changed there, William? The internet. All right. Okay. If you're Bobby Wade and mom and dad want to see you play at Arizona or anywhere, you had you needed somewhere you could drive. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a good chance Bijan 
goes to either Arizona, ASU, or, or USC, which was one of his dream schools, because his parents couldn't see every game. Now you can see every game anywhere. Uh, Pac-12 network. So it's harder to keep kids in state than it used to be if they want to travel, see the world, because mom and dad can still see every game. Mom and dad, you can FaceTime with mom and dad. Every There's a big difference right. between a face, you know, I feel like I'm in the room with you now, which I wouldn't if we were just doing a radio interview, right? And how exciting so, does that feel? It, it feels pretty awesome, you know, a um, little beard envy. Casey, but I'm not going to steal Brad from you, don't worry. Um but the uh, the fact is, I think you have a bigger challenge because more kids want to get away. More kids want to experience the world because they can feel closer to home with technology that mm-hmm. you couldn't back then. That being said, you have to identify the kids who, who do want their parents to drive to every game, whose parents don't want to drive eight hours uh, and, and battle L.A. traffic on a Friday afternoon, um, who want to be an hour and a half, two hours away from home. And there are going to be plenty of those kids. You know, they got four in this class. They almost got a fifth with Tristan Monday. Um, Now that you have a full year to work on those guys, how many can you get? And I think what's exciting, too, is that you still got options out there. A a lot of people are talking about uh, Rayshon Luke, a uh, four-star running back slash receiver, a slot guy. A lot of people are asking me if he's related to me. He is not. Um, I know that there might be some misconceptions out there, but I want to clear those up right now. I know now when I you, heard Speedy Luke, I just automatically assumed it was you. You assumed it was me, but no, I've had to tell people that he is not related to me. Arizona is obviously recruiting him. They're recruiting guys like a Kadon Slovis, which leads me to my next question here. And uh, Sean throw, threw this out there. And Sean's a sharp guy because he literally, it looks like he's going from my uh, playbook right here. Um, I wonder what the OU is for wins next year with the highly rated class. I'm going to say it probably won't change much only because in football, it's so much different than basketball in that John Calipari can go from Memphis, take all of his five stars with him to Kentucky that comes off six different wins or excuse me, six wins. And they're not able to really, or they're able to take their program to the next level. Football is a little different just because of the physical maturity in place there, William. Yeah, and to me, the big question is now, what? how do you fill out the rest of the roster? Who are you getting out of the portal? If you get a legit quarterback, if you get two offensive linemen, if you get a couple defensive pieces, then that changes this roster drastically. Yeah, of the guys we're looking at, now the good news is half of them are coming in early. Right. But the fact of the matter is there's probably four guys who are going to contribute next year out of this class, maybe five. You know, does Burnett play? Probably. Now, I think uh, he's probably going to play probably more like of a hybrid than than yeah. a tight end because he's not going to be big enough. Uh, T-Mac plays. Um, you know, a couple of the the, the defensive backs might, might play. Um, I Actually, I think actually all three receivers, three at least three of the four will end up playing. Just because you what you've lost. That's the one position where, um, and, and I know what you've lost, five of your top six, uh, I think, pass catchers off of last year's team. Um so, yeah, the, that's going to be a factor. But let's say you bring in Slovis, and let's say you bring in two legit linemen. Uh, let's say you bring in, um, you know, a, a, a defensive lineman to shore it up, and let's say you bring in a safety. Then suddenly I think you can add a game or, or two. Conversely, if you don't help yourself at all in the transfer portal, then you're looking at another one-and-a-half, you know, two and a half uh, over unders. If not, I think it go three and a half, four and a half, depending on what you bring. And a lot of it also depends on the schedule. 
San Diego State loses a lot. Do they have replacements in the fold, or are they down for a down year? You know, what is North Dakota State on a weird travel on what could be a warm evening uh, a year after, maybe a few months after winning a national title at, at, at you know, FCS? Um, you know, what? how does Mississippi State travel? To, you know, they, they haven't been west of, of Texas right. in, in 30 years. So there's a lot yeah. of questions, a lot of things we need to look at. Um, so Brad, are you calling, under, Brad, are you calling an Arizona victory over Mississippi state next year? Are you going to be the uh, first one to throw down that gauntlet? I'm not, but I, I do think they'll win one of two between San Diego state, North Dakota state. All right. Well, I think if you're an Arizona fan, you'll certainly take it. Now let's talk about a little bit about Kadon Slovis here. Obviously the USC transfer, he's, um, uh, Phoenix kid. It becomes a little more interesting because I was telling people about this before, and there's two things you don't want to do. You don't want to upset Noah Fafita, and with good reason. You know, he's he's been the linchpin for all of this. So, obviously, you have to have him sign off on this. Um, my question, though, is this. If you bring in Kadon Slovis now, the the terrain looks a lot different than what he would have encountered maybe even two two weeks ago. Because let's be honest, if you're a transfer quarterback, you're looking to go someplace where you can put up numbers. Kadon Slovis wants to get to the NFL. Now if I've got a T-Mac there, I've also got a Key and Burnett. I've also got another USC decommit who's at wide receiver now. You throw that on with a Dorian Singer or somebody like that who showed some potential as a freshman, all of a sudden I got a little bit more that I can show you there, Brad. Yeah, and you know, you, you throw in Anthony Simpson, you throw in uh, Jamari if, if healthy, uh, and you have some options. You have some options at running back. Uh, the big question to me is what can that offensive line give you? But, you know, you look at the options on the West Coast, and, and you know, I know Plummer just went to Cal, and I think Cal's going to take a step back next year. Uh, I think Arizona makes a lot of sense for Slovis. I'll say this. I don't love Slovis. Um, if right. I was ranking just on physical tools, he would be the third – of the Arizona quarterbacks who are in the transfer portal. I like Purdy and, 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 and Miller a little bit better, but they're freshmen. Mm-hmm. And again, yeah, I don't know if you want to upset the apple cart there with Fafita, with his ability to recruit. Uh, and frankly, are those guys ready to step in and win football games? We know Slovis can play in the Pac-12. Right. We know Slovis can win games in the Pac-12. Now, can he win eight games at Arizona next year with their talent? Probably not. But he can win games in the Pac-12. He's a competent uh, Pac-12 quarterback. He's, with apologies to McLeod, better than anything Arizona has right now. Um, so, now, yes, I would take a flyer on Slovis in a heartbeat. If not, then, yeah, I want a, I want a true grad transfer. I want a guy who's a fourth or fifth-year guy. And I don't know if Arizona can attract that right now because of how uh, pedestrian the offense was last year. All right, I want to talk. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Noah Fafita in depth right here. But first, I also want to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX. Throw down one dollar on an NFL game, and guess what? You get a hundred dollars in free plays if either team scores. You could have done that tonight for the Patriots uh, Colts game. By the way, Brad, who do you like in that game if you were betting on the DraftKings Sportsbook app? I would be betting on New England. I'm rooting my butt off for the Colts because that helps uh, the Chiefs with the uh, number one seed. Brad, I cannot agree with you more on that, but that's why, you know what, you want to hop on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, 
and uh, they'll get everything covered for you right there. All right, Angry Grim says, we need uh, QB depth. Our QBs at the moment, eh. All right, I want to talk a little bit about Noah Fafita because I've spent quite a bit of time the last uh, four days. Mike Luke, the quarterback whisperer that he is. Um, you know what? Like, I don't really worry. People always keep saying, well, he's a 5'10 quarterback. I don't really worry about that in college. That doesn't really mean much to me because how many times do you really see shorter quarterbacks have the ball batted down at the line? What I do am impressed by is two things. The ball snaps out of his hand. He can make the throws. It's not like he's uh, – I'd be more concerned if he was only throwing 15, 20-yard outs and that was basically it. The guy can make every throw that you need. He's smart. He can move around a little bit. I think the height thing is a little bit overrated there, Brad. Yeah, and especially in the college game, you can scheme that. Now, we have to trust that, you know, uh, Fish and Carroll and and, and Darty are going to scheme for you. You know, you can boot the guy out. You can uh, play action, which opens up things. But, yeah, we've seen – 5'10", and he's probably not quite 5'10", but we've seen shorter quarterbacks be successful. Uh, the thing he needs to do, to my opinion, is to play at this level is work on the body a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You'll get a little bit stronger, get a little bit thicker. Uh, to me, the most aggravating thing, and granted, I'm a short man, is how anytime they see a short person, they're like, oh, well, is he going to be durable? Height has nothing to do with durability, but Bill does. And he looks to me to be a little on the slight side. It's hard to tell because we're seeing him in in, in, baggy T-shirts that he wears under his pads or um, in a sweatshirt. So maybe he's in in a a little thicker than I think he is. And, and, you know, granted, he's poly, so it shouldn't be hard for him to to bulk up. Uh, But that's my bigger concern. Not that he's 5'8", 5'9", 5'10". Would you like him to be 6'2"? Sure. But he's not, so we can scheme for that. But he needs to get enough muscle on him that when he takes off and runs, he doesn't get hurt. That when you know he takes a sack, he's not going to get hurt. And that's easy to do. It's e- Again, it's easier to pack on muscle than it is to pack on two inches of height. Right. So I want to. So we had Noah on, like I said, a couple days ago, and he talked about my boy Flax a little bit here. And I let him off the hook because I like the guy. I like like the kid a lot. I'm really rooting for him. But uh, Noah's a uh, 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 Baltimore Ravens fan. And he said that six foot six Joe Flacco led the league in uh, pass deflect or excuse me, in uh, uh, passes batted at the line of scrimmage, which he did. I very much remember that. So I think a lot of it, you know, a lot of it I think is a little bit overrated and it kind of just looks aesthetically better to have a guy who's 6'4". I'll put it to you like this. The two best quarterbacks that I've seen from Arizona in my lifetime are Keith Smith, Nick Foles. And Keith Smith, I can't remember, and again, I'm a little bit younger, and William, you can certainly speak to this better than I could. I don't remember Keith Smith having a lot of problems with balls getting knocked down at the line of scrimmage. No, no. I mean, granted, it happened occasionally, but no, but they also sprinted him out. He threw a lot of balls outside the hashes. Um, He was also ahead of his time. He was completing 65% of his passes when 55 was good. Right. Uh, In the modern schemes, that guy would complete like 85% of his passes. Mm -hmm. Um, Smith was remarkable and probably with apologies to several other guys, one of my favorite players, if not my favorite player in Wildcat history. So again, as a short man myself, I kind of like the short quarterbacks, but uh, it's all about how you scheme for him. I mean, you know, look, Drew Brees is maybe six foot. He, he could still play in the NFL today. Um, And he, again, Tyler Murray is literally five ten. 
yeah, and what what do they do? They scheme for him. Um, there's a lot of guys out there. So is it ideal? No. But you know what? I'd rather Jonah Coleman be uh, 5'11 than 5'8. But you know what? Antoine Carter was 5'8. J.J. Taylor was 5'8 on a good day. Um, Arizona's Taylor. made a history of smaller backs. Um, this is college football. It's a lot different than the NFL. And, yeah, you can succeed being a smaller quarterback. You have to hope the coaches know what they want uh, to do. All right, Sean Seeley said, I wonder why Keith Smith isn't more involved with Arizona football. Isn't Keith coaching at uh, Newberry Park, William? No, he's a quarterback coach in Southern California, though. Oh, okay. Um, who's the the eighth grader that Arizona offered whose dad, Smigel? He's his oh, that's right. Court. He's one of his quarterback coaches. Uh, but, yeah, he was at Newberry Park for a long time. Okay, cool. I did, I did not know that. Um all right, so you look at the rest of the class, though. I think a guy that I find, and you brought him up, too, there's a couple different guys that I think we need to talk a little bit about that were nice little pulls there at the end. And first and foremost, uh, he wasn't a pull at the end. Sterling Lane is a guy that looks like he should be a – he looks like an Alabama-type recruit. You look at him, he's six foot three, he's 235 pounds, plays at a big-time school. He's a guy that physically looks like he's going to be able to at least come in, you would hope, and be able to play immediately. Another guy, too, is a Tyler Martin, who from Massachusetts, but a guy that had big-time offers. When you look at it, he had top 25-type offers. And both these guys, I think, at linebacker position are guys that should be able to at least contribute initially. Yeah, the good news is Arizona has some depth at linebacker. I mean, they'll miss Pandy. They'll miss a few of the other guys. But they've got some guys back. But – uh, these are two very different players. Uh, Martin is very much that nose for the ball, Big Ten linebacker. You're Spencer um, Larson. Yeah, yeah. He may. Um, and apologies to Tyler. I haven't seen enough. To, Spencer might have been a little bit more athletic. Right. Yeah, and I think Spencer. The thing that yeah, Spencer was a super athlete because he was able to play in the NFL, or he was able to play in the NFL as a fullback and as a uh, excuse me, and as a uh, uh, a linebacker. So he was a guy that was able to do. He was he was super athletic. So, it, but uh, Sterling uh, Lane is another guy, and uh, Saint U of A put on here. He said, "Is he going to be a linebacker or a defensive end?" And I think he's going to be a straight linebacker there. I mean, I would be surprised if he's not there, Brad. Yeah, I think you could see him. Uh, yeah, I mean, he may even wind up being a middle linebacker or something. Where you, yeah, he could be. Well, the the cool thing about having the cool thing about having children is sometimes they are there in the background. And you know what? That's why we still appreciate William being able to give us some of his time right there. So it's all it's all good right there. I think what's exciting though about this squad. So you got those linebackers. Then you've got a guy like a Prysock in the uh, defensive backfield as well. Four-star kid out of Bishop Alamany. That was a nice little flip right there at the end. And so if you get all of these players in there and you put them all on the field, guys, I'm fine with I'm I'm absolutely fine with, you know, playing a bunch of freshmen and, you know, just basically taking your lumps right there because again, you go look at the schedule next year, guys. This is going to be a team that's probably going to win only a couple games. And you know what? Cool. But as long as you get these kids reps and you get them ready for next year, that's pretty much all that matters to me. And I think that's all that should matter to people out there because we're not going to be playing in the Rose Bowl next year, but it's all towards building towards that next year. And I think that's what's exciting about Arizona football. 
All right. Before we head out, Nick Howard said, did I miss the roasting of your producer, Mike? Now, Jacob gets Saturdays off uh, a lot of the time because Jacob has to uh, basically work all day Sunday with PHNX and everything going on right there. But uh, I agree with Nick Howard right here where he says, as long as we improve, I'm cool winning two or three games. Couldn't agree with you more. All right, guys, we're going to sign off right here, but I'll be, we might have a surprise for you tomorrow and I'm, we're, we're working on it and hopefully we can make this one happen. But uh, as always, really appreciate all of you guys out there. You're the ones that make the show. It's growing each week and I can't thank you all enough. And thanks for keeping it on the AZ Wildcats podcast. Thank you.